Good morning, Raboisai! Ah! Lilu Nishmas Nimi Mirosi Ruspas Mordechai, Lilu Nishmas Yosef Ben Rachamim, from Kavosh family in Dallas, Texas, by Elchon Pressman, an honor of managing to find the time, or at least trying his best to stop by our son Yehudas Chasano last night. May we all continue sharing each other's simchas together. I have no doubt all of these simchas are caused due to the tremendous zechusim we all have from learning the daf of the rebellion. Separately, in spite of, still no chumashir just yet. The Khan Pressman is the one that presses the issue that we should have. A chumashir, not going to have it. Paris HaChoydish, by Michael ben Mela, in memory of his mother, Dvarafega Bas Shmuel, and father-in-law, Menachem Mendel ben Elchon and Zuchon and in the merit to make it to Umar Rosh Hashanah this year. Our boys, I listen to this. One of the most interesting things happened to me today. There's someone from Los Angeles. His name is David Agal. He's been following the Shear for three years. I was telling you guys about him. He surfs a lot and whatever. He flew in from Los Angeles today to say Mazel Tov to me. And he got back on the plane and went back to Los Angeles. So I'm taking that as... Uh, um, as a covet from everybody in the shir. He represented the entire shir. It was very heartwarming. He literally got off the plane, came, spent a few minutes, maybe a little bit more than a few minutes, and he went right back. So it was unbelievable. I said, so why don't you come to the chasana already? He said, no, your son wanted a small chasana. I have to respect that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I thought it was amazing. Another very interesting thing happened today. The, the head recruiter... Yeshua Aaron Price called me up. He said, I need you to get on a plane today and come to Miami. We're doing a get-together in Miami. So I said, you know, it's not a bad idea. I'm kind of the spur-of-the-moment guy. So I went online. There were, there were no tickets for today from Chicago to Miami that would arrive in time for Shear. So I said, you know what? Cancel today and make the Shear tomorrow in Miami. So that's what he did. So I'm going to be Bezer Hashem in Miami tomorrow. Shalom Aleichem, how are you? What's the address again? 524? Arthur Garford. Arthur Garford. Godfried. Godfrey. Sweet 300. I, it's some sort of shul, I guess, I hope. <laughs> Ellie, you missed me so much, didn't you? Did yeah, so Yosef Biliak is there, and uh, Yeshua Aaron Price is there. That's another reason why I went, because I haven't seen them in a, in a week. All right. Um... The Kavo, the Kavosh family in Dallas says that his father tra- tragically passed away three years ago in Dallas, and they were learning Shabbos. But what, he, what he's trying to say here that he loved to build sukkahs each year from scratch and up here the sukkah from the previous year due to his love and passion of the Yontav. May we all be, do the mitzvah of sukkah with the same simcha dedication as my father Yosef ben Racham. Amen. Another very interesting thing happened today. I received this email, and at the first I dismissed it as just another hate mail. I received, I received very few of them, Baruch Hashem. And here's one. And then I took another look at it, and I kind of agree with this email. This is from Dan Friedman. He says, Dear Rebelli, I'm not a Kanoi, but I must object to make, to make it like Reuben Feinstein is so focused on getting clicks is a chutzpah. And you should not read such emails in public, especially if your point is they get more clicks than the Rosh Hashiva. Very distasteful. 
I know you provide entertaining sheer, but it must be kosher entertainment than Friedman. I thought about it and I was thinking to myself, you know, I didn't think it through 100%. I thought, I was thinking about it like how I would appreciate it. I, if somebody made such a comment about me and I made it about them, it would be great. But then I realized this is a Rosh Hashiva and it might have been Pagan's covet. So I made some phone calls to reach him. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to reach him, but I reached his Gabai. Who, or somebody that knows him well, and, and we're going to have a shmuz. Be'ez Hashem, I'm going to ask him a chila, because it might have been pagan, a covet of a tremendous Tamad Chacham. Um, this is from Mushka Cohen. I usually, uh, whatever. This is, if a, if a wife or a daughter is so into their father learning that, I'll read their email. It says, my father, Rabbi Eli Cohen from Pomona, New York, is a crazy fan of the Daily Daf. In the beginning, I didn't even know what this word was. I guess this is how they write in high school. S-R-S-L-Y. He seriously stays up to 12 a.m. to listen to Yeshua. Shows off his Gemaras all day. Four L's. All day while trying to convince people to join. I think you can consider him a personal missionary with all the people he's trying to convince I wanted to know if you can give him a birthday shout out. Thank you very much. In advance, Hatzlach and everything you do. Tremendous. I, it's unbelievable that a daughter would go out of her way to, to figure out where and how her father's sheer. Beautiful. Morty Tippermann says, Avir the Ara Machkim and having Nachim Seltzer breathing down your neck makes you sharper and funnier. Please come home. The Beis Medrash misses you and everyone misses the Beis Medrash. Chop another burger buddy from Ken's and Kumshan Tzarek Ahem. Maybe he didn't get the memo that my son uh, is getting married on Sunday, but okay. And finally... Do we have another minute? Of course. Yeah, I have another minute. Shui Davis says, yes. That's hopefully, if you know Shui Davis, please call him up and drive him crazy. Tell him you saw that he watches the shear. He doesn't enjoy it, and he's making me crazy on the side here. So Mela, he deserves it. This is from Moshe Summers, University of Ohio. I joined the Dafyami for Sukkah. It's mostly Chazara, but I hope I get addicted enough by the end of the Masef to continue. For all those saying your shear is not serious enough, I beg to differ. Although you start out and stick in lots of geschmack entertainment when you're actually learning the Gemara, you're all in and possibly more serious. More, I don't believe that. More serious than many of the other more serious room out there. Biggest shikar for all the work you put into preparing and give the sheer amazing serious nefesh. Big thank you to all those involved in Kiddush. You're going, editing the videos and posting. And then he talks about A.B., the Chosheva of Bukhar, who asked the Kasha on Daphne Ches, the 11-year-old, and he brings a carbon asanol. Check it out for A.B., Simon Lamed Gimel Ois Tuf. He says this three tirutzim, uh, and he says Tais is only meant to say Lavad Be'emtz Lachmir. Blah blah blah. Koltov Moshe Summers University. And he says that he sees that the kids in Chicago are halting cup. It's unbelievable. P.S. I was friends with your brother from Yeshaya Avi way back. Haven't seen him in probably ten years. Please send him my warmest regards. Seder. For voice, here we go. We are today is Daf Chof. Aleph. And Chof Aleph means that we are 20 daf into the Masechta of Sukkah. You hear this, Lewis? A guy came all the way from Los Angeles to say Mazel Tov. It's not normal. So, oh, and another thing is that in Miami, the shear is at 7 o'clock Miami time, which means 6 o'clock Chicago time. So if you want to watch it live, it's earlier. Oh, talking about Lewis Colum, your nephew, listen to this, your nephew... My Chavrusa, Rabbi Didi Kramer, scored on a 450 daf test, which the entire Kailal took, which by the way, the, we all benefit from the Kailal in many different ways. 
the, with Chidushim and different stuff and Havar in the Sugya, he scored on 450 daf. From the beginning of Brachas till today, he scored a 95. It's unbelievable on a Dishu test. Guy's a genius. All right, says the Gemara. So we're holding like this. We're in the middle of the sugya of Tuma that was created naturally, not by a human being. And even if it was created by a human being, he didn't have intent to create it. He put a, put a bunch of wood, and on the pile, in, within the pile, there's cavities. Does that create an oil over the Tuma? And Rabbi Yudha says no. Says the Gemara, my time at Rabbi Yehuda, what's the reasoning? Top of Chofal Falmanal. Yalef, oil, oil, mimishkan. Ksivacha. Zois ha the famous, famous pasuk. Zois ha Adam kiyomos ba oil. We learned, whoever started Shas and Brachas. Ain't the return miskaimim. Ella bemi shememis atzmiolel. Toyra sticks with you if you kill yourself over it. Many, many stories of Gdoilim. But I will tell you one story from somebody from the DAF. I'm not going to mention his name. He's on Zoom right now. I'm actually looking right at him. It has to do with my Chavrusa as well. My Chavrusa went over to him and asked him, you, you work so hard for MDY. The guy puts in hours every single day. He's not part of the, the crew that we always mention. We mention his name occasionally. He says, where did you come up with those extra hours? Like before MDY, what were you doing and now what happened? I mean, I'm talking about the chesed that this guy does constantly with the kids and the zachin and sending and going and coming. He said, he showed him his phone. He said, you see these movie apps? They miss me. That's what he said. So he's behind the scenes, but he's, he's helping the Torah. He's made mistakes with it. I mean, it is today to sacrifice, not to, to watch Tosim and to, to give up your time for Torah. Yeah, uh, we don't even know what it means to be Mamis Atzmai. We sit in an air-conditioned room and all the things and all the luxury, but Mamis Atzmai, to sacrifice for Torah, whatever your sacrifice is, for many, many people, it's not to watch an extra movie, not to, to learn Torah. I don't want anybody to know it's you. So we have a classic Zereshava, we have oil, oil, that's referring to Tumas, mace, in a, in a tent, in an oil. And it says, He spread the oil on top of the Mishkan. Just like by the oil. Moshe Rabbeinu did it himself. It was through human interaction. So too, when it comes to oil, it must be done through humans and not through the salt in the water, or a weasel, or anything that's, that has nothing to do with human interaction. That's the, so, I guess the same thing. If it was done by itself, then it's not. Yeah. He wants to know what about a cave? Anything that, that was done by the Shomayim is not oil. Verabonon. Oil, oil, riba. A little bit of a balagan here because somebody was pressuring me to start this shear. So let me see. Oh, here we go. If you look at the Pasuk, Zois Maybe I'll move this back a little bit. Sorry, Yosef. I don't know if this. Okay. Zois Hatoyro. You see all the reds? It says oil, oil, oil a number of times in the parsha. So we have extra words to be Marba, 
even in a case that the oil was created by, by, by the Shomayim, is still considered an oil. Ask the Gemara, Does Rabbi in fact hold that if it wasn't created by man, it's not considered oil? We have a Mishnah in Oyalas. Now, it's a long Arichus Dvarim, and we're going to get through it. It's a very simple, very, but the bottom line of the Gemara is that we're going to see that an ox creates an oil. And an ox obviously is not made by human, by human being. It's made, yet it creates a mechitza and a chatzitza between the ox and whatever's going on in the ground, the dead people buried there, etc. Where do we see this? What's amazing is, and we speak about it many times, they used to live Tumah, like almost like we live, or we used to live COVID, this, that we, you have to be careful from this guy, he's contaminated, and this guy, and then don't breathe, that's how they used to live. Everything was all about Tumah, because they used to eat Kachim and Trumas, you had to be careful with, with and, and then the, you had the pious people that were makbid also, and the, the, they had to be makbid on Toma. Today we don't know about such things. We're all Tommy to mace. Forget about it. Now, if we go back to Yuma and Rashi, this is all I'm just saying from Rashi. It's a whole arichas. When we go back to Yuma, remember we had that because of the Tzdukim who don't believe in the Gemara and the Torah Shabbat, they used to say that the only person who could do the paraduma water and sprinkle it and make people tar are only people that are 100% tar. Meaning that they already went to the mikvah the day before. They're not in Herav Shemesh. They're not, they're not a Tful Yoyim. Tful Yoyim means that they, whoever went to the mikvah that day is not 100% tar until nighttime. We know that somebody that's a Tful Yoyim could sprinkle it. They held not like that. So to show them, and to show them that they're wrong, they used to take a rat, touch the kayan, put him in a mikvah, and five minutes later, he's busy sprinkling people to show them that they're wrong. But what happens is, people are going to start lessening the chashivas of paraduma. Look, you can touch him with a rat. He's dead. Maybe it's not so chashiv. So they went to the exact opposite extreme. What's the exact opposite extreme? The water drawn from, you, you can't even imagine the opposite ex- extreme. Think about it. The water drawn for this paraduma water was only drawn by a seven-year-old who for seven years lived on a stone, on a rock. Not only in a rock, on a, on a bridge on top of a rock. And here goes. Think about the chumrah that they put in here for what? To show that this is not a joke. Yes, we were makel and we touched the guy with a rat, but don't, don't make a litzonus out of this. This is the real deal. This is the paraduma. Says the Mishnah. There were courtyards in Yerushalayim. Al-Gabi made on top of stone. What is the likelihood that there's a human being buried beneath the stone? 1%. V'tachteyem cholol. I'm just throwing out a percent. I have no idea what the percentage is. But it's very unlikely that somebody took heavy machinery and dug out a grave underneath a stone uh, 500 years ago. But just in case, there was one nutcase that, that, that dug and dug and put his, 
his relative in that stone. So they did another thing. And they went and they built something that had a gap, like a bridge, so that there shouldn't be any problem from a, a caver that's in the depth. And they would bring pregnant women. Maybe more than one, because you don't know if she's going to give birth to a girl, a boy, whatever the reason is. Who knows who's going to survive? Let's, let's have a few of these kids. And you have a kid that comes out 100% pure. Now, Tysus points out, but wait a minute. What if the mother is a Tmeimei? So then we, we this. What if the bottom line is there, there's some problems here that could occur. And it's not going to be full, foolproof, but the point is we're going to be machmer to the highest degree of chumr that we know how to be machmer. Umegalis b'neim, v'yolde shalom, and they give birth. Umegalis b'neim. So, yeah. Umegalis b'neim shalom. What for? What? Lapara. All for the water of the paraduma. So Rashi also points out, Tosis points again, it's a Mila. They did the best they know how to do just to, to make a point. But this is a crazy point. This is a seven-year point. You don't want an eight, nine-year-old, because he might have seen Kerry. It has to be a seven, eight-year-old, up to seven years old. And at least a kid that knows what he's doing, he can draw water. So uh, approximately seven years old. Umevim shvarim, and they bring oxen, vagabeim dlosais. This will keep here for later. So let's see if I can find a shard that has Adeles. Ah, my favorite picture is not here today. All right, Yosef will have to find it somewhere. Maybe Yosef could go into the drive, pull it out, and it says shard Agab of Adeles, I think, something. Maybe I can find it here. Hold on. Maybe I'll show you guys. Yeah. No, 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 no. I got my own. Okay. The bottom line is, I had a nice ox. I don't know where he disappeared. First of all, he's not printed. Second of all, he's not even on my word. Okay. An ox with a door on it. But also, it had a, a kid on top of the ox. I want to show how the feet hang over the ox. Okay. So you'll imagine a different time. And these boys, sitting on top of the ox. Everything was done to the fullest uh, care not to become Tomei, not to a stone, a stone kais. And they came finally to Nahar Shiluach, that's where they drew the water from. So first, the Tanakam over here holds that there was a door, literally a plank of wood, so that the kids, their feet don't stick out to the sides of the bull. But once they came to the water, to be that concerned that there's a body, somebody buried a body in water, that, that doesn't make so much sense. So we weren't so concerned. And we don't want him to draw the water with the string. Better that he draws it by hand with the cup. Va'alu, and they went on top of the bull, v'yashulam, and they went back home. No, listen, we spent all this time and money and effort. Let's not ruin it the last second. Throw the cup off the, the bull, off the door. 
grab some water. I still have to be concerned, perhaps there's some body underneath this water of Shiluach. Says the Gemara of Etanyo, Rabbi Yudhoimer, Found a very interesting shar here. Do whatever you want to do with this. Tell me if it's, it's fake, it's not fake. We brought a massive bull, massive. We don't need doors. We can't use doors. Doors perhaps don't work in this case. Door won't be a good aisle. So we need to use a shar, a very wide shar. Says the Gemara of Ashvarim, Dayal Shani Asib the Adam who Ashar. What are you ready getting the text, Rui? They're coming in. Beautiful. Ah, thank you, Lailam. Thank you. What's his number? Anybody? Put up on the screen. Shvarim Dayal Shani Asib the I beg him to come to the shear, and here I am. I'm putting him, I'm making Chazik of him. Are you guys texting from the back? That's what you thought. It's Yol Bergman. Good. Keep him busy. Baruch Hashem. Let him. The more he texts, the better. Fine. Sorry. Ask the Gemara of Ashvarim Doyel Shani Yosef the Adam who Viktani Rabbi Doimer Loyim Mivim Losis El Shvarim. What is the problem? Problem is that the shar is made by Kodesh Baruch Hu, not by humans. So it shouldn't create an oil. If you put a door on it, great. I understand there's a plank of wood, but he's saying don't use a don't use a door. You should use the shard itself. But how can you use the shard itself? Did I did I knock them off? No. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Ah, I don't know how he found it, but beautiful. Here's the shard with the door. It's a little schwach, but I wanted to show that I wasn't sure myself. When a person sits on the shard, here's a kid sitting on the shard. It says Tinoiko, so there's a girl here, but it means boy. Hold on. It says that when a, it shows when a person is on a bull, their feet actually hang over the side and could become tummy. I wasn't sure about that. I thought maybe the bull is wide enough, but it's not. Okay. Here's the door. It's a shvacha door, but it's a door nevertheless. Okay. Great. It's, it, it serves two purposes, that picture. Next. The shaila is, if there's a door, great. But if there's no door, how could a, an animal made by a Kodesh Baruch create a oil? According to Rabbi Yehuda, anything made by Hashem is not oil. He also says the Gemara, no. If it's the size of a fist, but what kind of fist? There's a guy by the name of Ben Avatiach. Funny, funny name. The, the son of a watermelon. He had a fist the size of a watermelon, basically. His fist was the size of a human head, says Rashi. And for different halachas, for... for for, for Tuma going through a pipe, the size of a fist, but not stomach fist. The fist of Ben Avatiach, I didn't want to show the Eilam again, uh, the Shaq's fist, because then the, the emails come in, whatever. Just imagine a guy that has a fist the size of a watermelon. Anyway, so what does the Gemara say? That if it's a huge fist, then if the, if the cavity is the size of this huge fist, this big, the size of a head, then it creates an oil, even if it's made with a shamayim. So an ox obviously has, from the, the, the ground till the stomach, is a nice amount of, it's more than a human head, and therefore it creates oil. What?
Doesn't have to be ten. Anything more than a, than an egg roll. Ten tefachim is for sure. Oil. But anyways, here we go. Shkifin is the uh, that a stone was here. You could see there was a stone in this hole, and it basically popped out. You know, you go sometimes you go on the highway and they have like it says you know falling stones. You could actually it happens. Pops out a stone. So ubenekike means. That there's a, a hole within the stone. Nothing popped out. There's a little bit of a, a crevice in the, in the stone. Very good. Crevice is a great word. So Yuda admits, you see, why, all of a sudden, why would he admit? It happened with Eishomayim. Who knocked the stone out? Who made this crevice? That's how it was created. So Mela, he agrees because it's a large amount. It's more than, a, than an egg roif, than a, than a, than a, a human head. Then it's considered a oil. The door, which is many fistful above the ground. It seems like the door was no good. Why would Rabbi say, don't use a door, just use an axe? Because he's, he holds a door is no good. If a door is no good, if we, or if, care, if we're saying now that a the axe itself, which is created the Shemayim, creates oil, so certainly a door. What's wrong with a door? A door is really meant to be horizontal. It's not really meant to create an oil. So it's a funny kind of oil, and therefore maybe that's why Rabbi said don't use a door. Well, guess what? It's not funnier than an axe. And the axe you're telling me is a pretty good oil. So let a door also be oil. Says Gemara you're right. It, of course, it's oil. All Rabbi was saying, you don't need to come on. It's a pain in the neck to put a door on top of an axe. You don't need a you don't need a door. Just use an axe. Get a wider axe. Make sure the the kids' feet don't fall off the side. Rav Amar for another reason. No, you're not supposed to bring a door, but not because. It's not an oil. Of course, it's an oil. There's another problem. If a kid feels sturdy on an axe and he's on a plank of wood, so a kid is going to do what a kid does. He's going to stick his head over and check out what's going on. Once he sticks his head over, he's going to, ah, seven years in the toilet. We brought the kid's mother here. We brought him up. We spend all this time and effort. And at the last minute, he sticks his head over the door because he's, he's an Igerika cat. He's a, he's a curious cat. So that's the reason. But Rashi explains that if a kid is on an ox, he's kind of, he's, he's, a little, he's a little scared. He has to be careful. not to, He doesn't want to lean over because then he'll fall over. But if you put him on a door, he feels sturdy. He'll stick his hand out to feel the air passing by. You know, that's a problem. Vietma, and then it will come Tomei. I'm, I'm, like, I'm just thinking about this Kayan. I just have this vision. This Kayan in charge of this kid for seven years, making sure he never stuck his finger over any kind of anything. And they built him a, they built him a bridge, and on top of the bridge, they built him a home, and the bridge was on top of a stone for seven years. Seven. On, on, on the final, final day where he has to go draw water, the shite sticks his hand. Right off the thing. It's just a slap in the face. I'm sugar. Next. We have to wait another seven years. I don't know. It's like, it's unbelievable. They do have multiple kids. One one was this, one was that. One already stuck his hand out already. This is the final kid. Anyway. 
We just turned Bekevar Tavitma, Bekevar Toim, he's going to become Tomei from a body underneath the ground of Chofalavon Bey, sponsored by the Emily White Hilling Group for all those who need Shiduchim, Refuas, and Yeshuas. Please join to Hilling.Aitmindav.com. Panic of us in the Rava. Now we can fly a little bit, Shui. Rabbi Yehuda, Mamish like this, it says in the Bryce, they didn't bring doors. Why? Because he might, a kid, you know, a kid does, he touches things, he looks at things, he's curious. He's going to stick his head. He'll stick his head right off the door. We bring these tremendous oxen from Egypt. She creates the same Rechavos who have very wide bellies. It's better to use an axe than to use a door. Not that a door doesn't work, it works, it's just a problem. Stone, stoneware, they came to the water, so they went off the axe. We're just, we're just repeating what we learned already. And then they returned and sat on the axe. Look at the bed. You could stick in your fist, even if it's the fist of Ben Avatiach. Stick a few of your fists here. Utnana, what do we learn? It's not oil. Why is this not oil? According to Rabbi Huda. Shani Mito says the Gemara, beautiful Svara. If something is created by itself, okay. But if you create something and you say, I'm creating it to sleep on top. That's what a normal human being does. Which Meshuggah sleeps underneath a bed? No one. So if you're going to be different than everybody and sleep underneath the bed, there's no oil there. Because you created the oil, you created the mattress, you created everything to sleep on top. But a stone that was that has a, its own cavity, that was not Sibidei Shomayim, that could be. That Maybe perhaps that is a good oil. That's what the Gemara is saying here. It's different than when... Parev is a lot different than when you deliberately say it's not for underneath. That's different. An axe was created, or the, I should say, even whatever layer it is, is to hold the innards of this axe. It's made for on top of it. It's supposed to sit on top of an axe. You never used the underneath of the axe. Here, I found a half a picture. I couldn't find the real one because I guess nobody in their right mind will sleep underneath the ox. But here I found a picture of a guy sleeping underneath the head of a cow. Happens! You have some interesting people out there. Once in a while, his mom is out cold, this guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this is a cow. Mamish, I rise. Okay, fine. I mean, I'm just thinking like, you have to be really desperate to sleep underneath one of these cows, bulls. The cow decides, like, okay, now it's time for him to rest. Shalom Yisrael, it's finished. 2,000 pounds, boof. Okay. If you check it out, you'll see there's um, the mongoose, the mongoose, I believe, yeah. They have this relationship with the boars, the wild boars. So they'll go to the wild boar and they start 
start picking out the uh, the ticks. Thank you. Shabby. And they go underneath its belly. And they start picking the ticks. And all of a sudden, I'm, uh, I saw this. All of a sudden, the board decides he's going to sit down. Pop, he sits. So either he crushes them alive or they, they, whatever. They have a nest and they get out of there. But you got to be careful from these animals. Rabbi said, be careful. Don't sleep underneath <laughs> elephants, bulls. It's not a good idea. Boars. If you're a mongoose, please hear me out. It's not a good idea. Okay. Says the Gemara, sometimes the shepherd, it's so hot and he's so desperate, he'll go to seek shade underneath an animal. So yeah, the bull does give you some shade. And by the you know, I said this many times, in the safari, Rabbi Isai, if you ever go to the safari, what is it, the most dangerous, unpredictable animal in the safari? So the hippopotamus is the biggest killer of human beings. But the buffalo... Craziest animal ever. You'll never know. He eats grass and all of a sudden he just charges and kills. Mamish, the most unpredictable, crazy animal. So don't don't ever sleep underneath a buffalo, which is basically what we're talking about here. Bulls, buffalo, same thing. But a bed also is there to protect the shoes. Why? Says Rashi. A Tamad Chacham puts shoes. Why does the Gemara pick shoes? Uh, so first of all, you're not supposed to put clothing and food. Food, it's, it's a problem to put food underneath a bed. It's called Shikha, the whole thing. But a Tamad Chacham says Rashi, very interesting. If you remember, we learned once. You, a Tamad Chacham puts only shoes beneath his bed so that his family knows, don't go next to his bed. It's not proper, it's not sneeze, whatever it is. You don't go looking for a Tamad Chacham under his bed. The only thing you'll find there are shoes. And you let the family know. It's only shoes. El Amarava. So it's not such a great answer because, look, a bed is also made. You Before we said a bed is made for on top. And I was saying, no, if it protects once in a while, beds protect shoes a lot more often than, more often than a bull protects a shepherd from the heat. El Amarava. They're back is made to protect the innards. The skin, the hide, and the meat, you'll dress me with, with bones and sinews, to say You're familiar with that word. So this is a swear that we mentioned the other day. Review the holds that a sukkah needs to be a diras keva. Where do we learn that? First da for the mesechta, right? So a sukkah has to be there is keva. Who else says that? We had eight manda amrim that say it. There has to be su- How do we know? Rabbi said it, should be ab- it could be above 20 am. It's not a problem because a sukkah must be keva. It has to be a permanent structure. The bed inside the sukkah is only a temporary structure. The sukkah oil keva. So therefore, the oil that the sukkah creates is permanent. A temporary Structure cannot undo a permanent structure, and therefore the bed is not a problem. Rib Shimon, who's one of the eight Manda Amrim in that sugya, and Rib Shimon is the one that says that a sukkah needs to have four walls. Why does a sukkah need to have four walls, right? Why? Because a sukkah needs to be permanent. Has to protect you from all the elements, etc. Yet, 
Rib Shimon himself holds, he holds that the temporary oil, the bed, could knock out the permanent. So maybe it's not such a good terrorist according in Rabbi Yehuda. Says Gemara, that's exactly the Machloik is between Rib Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda. That, that itself is the machlaikis. Can a permanent, can a temporary oil cancel out a permanent oil? So in the Mishnah, this is the same Rib Shimon we were talking about a second ago. He's the Rib Shimon that says in the Mishnah, Oh, that's where we see, not my phone, Baruch he, this is where we see in our Mishnah that he brings the story of, of Tavi Avdoi that oil arai is mevatal oil keva, that only an evet could sleep underneath a, a, a bed. In our Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon says, We see from the fact that Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said about his slave that he slept under the bed. We learn two things. First of all, we see the idea that evet is part of the sukkah. And a regular human being, a, a, a Godel, Jewish Godel, is chayim in a sukkah and cannot sleep under a bed. Ask the Gemara, okay, good. Why does he use a lotion of sicha? Sicha means in passing. It was something that just came out of him, and it happens to be. You should say midvarov, he said two alachas. Milsa says the Gemara, you can learn. A side thing from it. In the name of Rav. We know that speech is very, very important. Like the Vilna Gaon says in the Geras Agrab, you now even say the word Shalom and Shabbos. Extra words are not, you get, you get punished for every extra word you say. So if a Talmud Chacham is speaking, he's not Stam saying something. When he speaks, he's, he injects halachas all the time. And that's, that's what we're trying to say. That, that idea that the Sicha, just a regular shmuz of a Talmud Chacham, Tzricha Limud, you need to look into it. Shinemar, v'aleyu la'yibah. Now if we were in uh, Bechemesh, they would sing the song here. This is a famous song in Eretz Yisrael. You guys don't know it, so I'm not going to bother you. You know the song? Okay, good. I, that's what I thought. You don't know. You know it? Avadi knows it. Talking about a tzaddik, he's going to give off the tzaddik, will give off the fruit. His leaf won't wither. Meaning, what's a leaf? A leaf is something stand like a simple thing. Even his sichas chulen, even his shmuz, his raid, lo yibo. It's not going to wither. In other words, you have to take it seriously. A maisa. I thought about this maisa because there's actually the word coming up. There's a guy by the name of Frey Memel. He's from the city of Memel in, in, in Germany. And the Russians caught him and they decided he's a spy and they wanted to put him to death. And the Chavetz Chaim stuck up for him. The Chavetz Chaim went and testified and testified and they said, no, we're not going to free him, but we're not going to kill him. We're going to give him 10 years of hard labor. So the Chavetz Chaim said, ah, they don't even know if they have 10 weeks, 10 years. So the Briskorov heard this and he says, if the Chavetz Chaim said it, we're talking about Sichas Chulun, he just said it. 
then I guarantee you, this guy in charge, the Caesar, whatever he was, he's, he's done. He's a, he's a goner. And sure enough, within less than 10 weeks, they kicked him out and they, they freed all the political prisoners, including this Bachar. Just a word, just a, in passing. I don't even know, 10 years. By the way, Stam, I, I think I mentioned this, but it's a beautiful story. And I said this uh, not so long ago. But again, about the Chavetz Chaim, Reb Aaron Kadler, my father heard this from Reb Schneir, the Shiva of Lakewood, the son of Reb Aaron, who I obviously heard it from his own father. Reb Aaron Kadler went to the Chavetz Chaim one day, walked in there, and the Chavetz Chaim looked at him and he said, you know, when you start something, you should finish something. L'mashal, the Chavetz Chaim said. If a person learns all of Shas, and he doesn't finish Masech this Nazar, what kind of... You gotta finish the Masechet Nazar, finish Shas. Says Rabbi Kotler, he finished the entire Shas besides Masechet Nazar. That's the only Masechet he had to finish, and the Chavaz Khan just told him like that. Okay. The Seder says the Heilige Mishnah, the official Mishnah sponsored by official. Here's the picture. You have the, the what are these called, the feet of the bed? Whatever, the post of the bed, puts the schach on the bed. Says the Mishnah, Ksheira, it's kosher. Huh? Oh? He has enough walls. If it cannot stand, we have to see the Gemara, what it means exactly. Can't stand on its own, it's possible. Says the Gemara. My time in the review, What's going on here? Memel. You see, this is the guy. Ephraim Memel, his name was. That's why I remember the might. Memel. It's not sturdy enough. It's not, it doesn't have kvios. It's not permanent enough. We have to remember this idea. The idea of Maimed Lekabal Tumah. What does Maimed Lekabal Tumah mean? When you, a bed is makabal tumah. Can we come talk? You're holding up your schach, which is the main part of the sukkah, with something that's makabal tumah. You cannot hold up your sukkah, halacha l'maysa. Can't hold up your sukkah with something that's makabal tumah. So, the Mishnabura Paskins, not everybody holds like this, the Mishnabura Paskins, that we should be careful not to put our schach on something that's makabal tumah at all. So, for instance, if you have one of those sukkahs, here I am going again against these sukkahs, uh, there's a lot of people that have them, those framed sukkahs that you put a piece of fabric around, and then you take your schach and you put it directly on top of the metal frame, according to the Mishaburah, it's not a very good thing. You have to be careful, maybe that's why some people put like a little strip of wood on top, I don't know, now I'm thinking I've seen that once. Like a piece of wood on top of the frame, and then you put your sag on that because to put it directly on metal, which is mikavotoma, is very problematic. They say even that even on a wall, which can be mikavotoma, you shouldn't. But they, you don't really have to, the Mishmur says you don't have to be nizr, some people say you do. But here is what's very interesting. I don't know if you know about this. If you live in Israel, you're very familiar with this. This is the sheet of the Chazanish. And that is the Chazanish holds that even a maimed to a maimed, a second maimed is asr. In other words, you cannot have nails that nail in a piece of wood that's holding up the schach. 
And therefore, there are chazanishniks that make their entire sukkah out of wooden pegs and everything just fits in like a puzzle. They don't use any screws or any nails. And where does it come from? From this sukkah right over here of maimed lekabel tumah. The Gemara talks about one. That's the actual piece of whatever is holding up the schach. And the chazanish even says, we have to be makbed on a maimed a maimed. So my uncle actually in Muncie has a sukkah like that. All He has like... They sell in Home Depot, like it's like a, a hollow brick that could hold a post. So he puts the post of the sukkah in that piece of concrete, whatever it is. So it doesn't have, and then everything fits in like a puzzle. It's all jigsawed out. Kids are, it's a, it's a sight to behold. All right, says the Gemara. My benai, what's the difference if you say that it's a problem of maimed bedover makabal tumma, or you say that it's a keva? Here you go, picture, beautiful. You have these metal, very strong pieces of metal. So that's kavua. The problem is, that's makabal tomo. So it avoids one problem, but it doesn't have it. There's another problem. If the problem is that it's not, enough, it's not strong enough, this is very strong. Like these sukkahs that are made of metal frames. It's a problem. And this is the end for today. It's only if you put the weight of the schachan. If you, if you put the schach on the it's sturdy enough. So if you don't put it directly, you put it on something that's like we discussed, something that's holding it up, then it's enough. It's not mikabal tumo, and it has kvios and sholom ayisrol raboisai. Have a wonderful day. I'm not going to see everybody tomorrow, but Beis Hashem, Thursday, if not by, just check the, the, the place. The time won't be the same, Beis Hashem, 8.30, but we might be at Yitzhi Weiss's place, in case he does. If not, we'll be here. Raboisai, show up in Miami if you know what's good for you. Show these Chicagoans what we're all about in Miami.